Hello, and welcome once again to another edition of TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission, where we take an in-depth view of the artists chosen by God to use their gift to glorify Him, the stories behind their music, and of course, how the Lord has been with them in the process. Our guest is a gifted veteran minister of music who has been afforded the opportunity to accompany some of gospel's greatest singers. His name is Elder Terrence Kitchens. TSA Music Radio's Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis, and we are blessed to have as our guest a man of God who has not only been a minister of music for years, but has been an integral part of the gospel music scene since, well, since the early days. And his name is Elder Terrence Kitchens. Elder, great to have you on Music with a Mission. I am glad to be here, sir. How are you? I am well. I am well. Uh, not as well as you, though. You look great, sir. No, no you look equally great. Well, thank you very much <laughs> for some, the compliment. It's a mutual ad- admiration society. That, and I'll take that. That's a, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, I must admit, in interviewing guests, I get a particular thrill in talking to those who have, for lack of a better phrase, have paid their dues or been around for a while. It not only satisfies the history buff in me, but uh, we're more apt to get an accurate description of where we were, get a better understanding of how we got to where we are now, and possibly get an idea of where Christian music is going. So it is really great to have a person as versed as yourself on the show. Thank you. You are another one of our guests with an impressive resume, with the Lord stirring up your musical gift at a very young age. How old were you exactly when you got started? Uh, I started... I took my first music lesson uh, at a place called the Lucibello School, School of Music, excuse me, the Lucibello School of Music in Patterson, New Jersey, at the age of 11. 11. Yes. Okay. And you have accompanied a who's who's list in gospel music, no? Yes. Who yes. are some of the people you played with? Uh, I've had the opportunity to uh, accompany uh, evangelist Shirley Caesar. Really? Uh, I've been in occasions where uh, Mavis Staples, the Clark Sisters, in uh, different, you know, you know. Wow. I've, you know, not, not like their regular uh, personnel, but, you know, there have been occasions when I've been a part of a house band in a particular uh, location. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's I just found myself very fortunate and blessed that God has just opened those doors for me. I would say so. Having the vast experience in ministering with such well-known gospel singers, you no doubt have seen the good the bad and the ugly of gospel music? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there is a good, bad, and ugly. Yes. And I think that that attributes itself less to the 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 genre of gospel and more to just the human factor. Okay. I think that, you know, just like in any other facet of life, there's always going to be those that do well at it, those that are so-so, and then there's those that really may not always represent their particular arena in its best light. Okay. So what would you say is the good? Of gospel, I honestly believe in my heart that the good of gospel is when gospel is true to what the terminology gospel always intended, and the genuine proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ through song. I see. And the bad of it is when people perpetrate uh, a different agenda under the guise of gospel. And what other agenda would that be? Simply to be a marketing 
success, simply to be a business success, you mm. know, have a business plan, a business model. Mm. Uh, and by no means am I uh, in, inferring that there's something wrong with being successful. That's right. not what I'm saying. But right. I think that uh, the motive that, you know, the, the, the impetus, the, the core of it has to be pure. Okay, so that's the good, the bad, and what's the ugly? The ugly, I mean, it would be the bad at its, at, you know, in its worst face. I see. Um, there's artists that I uh, am aware of uh, that have just taken the opportunity that has been afforded them by, you know, the gospel audience, the loyalty of the gospel audience, mm-hmm. the, 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 the it's, a, it's kind of a core group, you know, the, the people that like gospel love right. gospel. Right. You know, and I think that there's just been some artists that have really not uh, used it to its best, to its best advantage, to really promote and to you know move forward the gospel of Jesus Christ. Have you worked with people like that? Fortunately, no. Okay. Fortunately, no. Okay. I, I have not. I've been blessed that you know the people that I've worked with, I've I've found a level of genuineness uh, in their in their approach that you know made it comfortable for me to do what I need to do. Sure. Because I am a musician, but I I really feel the need that ministry uh, needs to be the the core and the key and the first part of anything that we do. I understand. I don't look at gospel music simply as a music form. Hmm. I look at it as just another means by which the ministry of God is carried forth okay. to the world. But some of the people that you mentioned were incredible successes. Um, yes, Shirley Caesar. Absolutely, um, she's been around for. Yes. I mean, she started out, if I'm remembering my history correctly, with uh, the caravans. You know, we just recently, in a couple of months ago, lost uh, Albertina Walker. Yes. Uh, and she was a part of a group that Albertina Walker formed right. with her, Cassetta George. Uh, James Cleveland, which a lot of people have forgotten, was a, a, another part of that group back in, sure. its, in its earliest days and as well. And these people were, were tremendous successes, no? Yes. And again, when I say, again, I, I'm saying I don't, I don't believe that there's anything wrong with being successful in gospel. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is that I think that you just need to check yourself from time to time to make sure that your success is for the right reasons and from the right motive of the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I said this to someone a while ago, and... I don't know if everybody can agree with this. There was a time uh, from an industry point of view, I'm going to say, and this might help uh, you understand what I'm saying. Okay. There was a time when people sang gospel and they sang it in their churches. They sang it in their communities. Right. Recording artists are not, excuse me, not recording artists, recording companies, labels heard that gospel and said, wow, that's something special. Mm-hmm. Let's put that on a record. Let's right. distribute that. Right. So the gospel was being performed and formed and created purely for the purposes of the gospel. Okay. As we look at gospel music today, that has changed. Now we have an industry with marketing groups and focus groups. And I understand that there's a business to this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not putting down or poo-pooing the business industry. But it seems to me that gospel is being more driven now from the fact of, marketing saying this is the sound we need to do and what sound is is that that they think they need to do uh because you're saying that you know there are focus groups and marketing yeah groups that kind of dictate what should be played and what should be heard exactly and i and what do you think they're saying well what seems to be apparent to me is that there's less focus on how music can minister and more focused on how can we make it marketable and how and nowadays that crossover market has become much much more key crossover uh, yeah uh, well we he, we here in New York 
Uh, there's a, a particular uh, radio station uh, which is, by its own, you know, vocation and, and admission, a R and B, you know, station. Right. But what I've been noticing more in the last, you know, maybe four or five years, six years, or something like that, they're actually including what we would call traditional gospel artists in their regular rotation. Like, for example, uh, Marvin Sapp. Okay. Uh, he came out with a song a few years ago, never would have made it, never could have. It's so sure. interesting. Yeah. I just had an interview with Scott Cumberbatch. Do mm-hmm. you know Scott Cumberbatch? Yes, I'm very good friends with Scott. No kidding. Yes. He was just talking about that song. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that if you did not know that he was talking about the Lord, you could very easily think that he was talking about a significant other. Yeah. When I he mean, said, if you listen to the lyrical content, Never it's one of those songs that it. you never actually hear Jesus, you never hear God actually mentioned in the lyric. And I'm not a purist that says that it, it that always has to be the, the, the defining criteria, but I think that it was because of that uh, it made it easier for non-Christian related uh, stations and markets to absorb it into their regular rotation because... Um, some people are scared of the idea of controversy. Some people don't like the idea of putting things on their air that will uh, stir up someone saying you're being you're becoming too religious. You're be, you know you're focusing this way. I mean you know you mean songs that say the blood of Jesus exactly for instance, and the Holy Spirit. You know for sometimes a station is trying to stay uh, generic enough if I if you allow me to say that word sure so that they don't necessarily push away any particular part of their listening audience mm-hmm. so they'll play a song like I never would have made it mm-hmm. and I don't know Marvin personally but I believe that I don't think his intention was when this song came out to ever do it in the for the purposes of crossover it's just one of those things that happened mm-hmm. Kirk Franklin back some years ago he did why we sing mm-hmm. um again he did it in the name of pure gospel, as we would call it, or traditional gospel, or right. the traditional gospel audience. Right. It just happened to grab hold and become something that, you know, a wider audience um, embraced. And that's, I guess, what I was talking about before when I was talking about the differences between gospel of a different era and today. These were songs that were done not with the intention or the purpose or the design of being crossovers. They were just done because this is what God gave those particular artists to do. Okay. It became, it, 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 it was embraced by others afterwards. Okay. So let's talk about crossover because clearly you do have criteria for gospel music and what you consider gospel music. Yeah. But you seem to have somewhat of a problem with crossover. You know, I remember when the song first came out and there've been a number of crossover songs that have come out. And some of those crossover songs have been successful in wooing non-believers to Christ. And I don't. I Would don't, you not agree with that? I, I don't challenge the reality of that. Okay, and so what's wrong I, with the whole I, thing? I will say it as simply as I heard um, one of the Clark sisters. Uh, there was uh, something I heard recently, uh, and you know, one of their songs uh, during the early '80s was another situation where you saw a quote-unquote gospel artist, right? where a song was all of a sudden, they had a song out called You Brought the Sunshine. Okay. And uh, some people tried to vilify the group, the artist, for the fact that this song was being played not only on non-Christian stations as part of regular rotation, but it was actually being performed in uh, discos and nightclubs and so forth and so on. And some people tried to uh, make something, some issue of that. Right. And I heard the response of one of the Clark sisters, I'm not sure which one it was, that made the statement that said that there's nothing wrong with 
having crossover music as long as you bring the cross over with you. Interesting. And I thought that that was just very, uh, you know, profound statement to yeah. say. And there's a lot of songs that are modern gospel songs. I love the music. I love the work ethic. Work ethic. I love the production value. Yeah. The only area where I personally begin to have question again is lyrical content. Uh, I think we had mentioned earlier I had a, a question about a, a particular song that's very popular. Which is? Uh, Donald Lawrence has done a song called Back to Eden. Right. Uh, and it's a, it's yeah. a highly very, popular very, song, very popular song, very catchy tune. Mm-hmm. I totally enjoy and love Donald Lawrence. I have no issues with him as a writer. I but have you no have an issue with this particular song. I have a concern about the song because, if we, again, if we're going to be gospel artists and if we're going to say that our songs are referencing uh, biblical truths, yeah. I think that we need to be accurate. In those biblical truths, just as okay, any so preacher. he's saying he's saying in the song, if I remember the song, he says, "Let's go back to Eden and live on top of the world." That's yes. kind of the chorus. Yes, that's the chorus, and that's the hook of the song, as right. we would call it. Right. And again, very catchy song, very right. beautiful song. And you I, don't I, like that. I love the song. I I question the 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 biblical content. Let's that's, get, let's get back to Eden. I have searched the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, yeah. and I hear the Bible clearly speak that God has told us that there will be a new heaven. Right. There will be a new earth. Right. That there will be a new Jerusalem. I've never heard a refer- reference to a new Eden. Getting back to Eden. Sure. Exactly. So, again, but, now, I some, mean, people, I mean, some people might say I'm nitpicking there. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, there, there, there are going to be some people who say that, you know, he's just being clever. He's just trying to be clever. And I appreciate that. But I'm going to go back to something that you mentioned a moment ago. Yeah. That there are some of these, quote unquote, uh, crossover songs or songs that, you know, reach a broader audience than just the gospel audience yeah. that have been very effective in bringing people to a different, you know, people outside of Christianity and outside of God yeah. uh, to a, another, another understanding of God. We need to be careful when we, again, when we speak of things that are supposed to speak of things biblically mm-hmm. to make sure that we're accurate because there may be someone that will look at that and now they'll go into a church and look for something that talks about going back to Eden and then they may be uh, turned off by the fact that they find out that that really is not necessarily a scripturally based thing. No, I understand. Something that I, I heard years ago, and I'm pretty sure, you know, you look like we're not that far apart in hey, age. Hey, hey, hey. hey. But, <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. Okay. 29 is a good place. Okay. That's all I'll say. Uh, but uh, there was something I used to hear, and, and I just thought it was the, the Bible. If you make one step, he'll make two. He'll make two, sure. I've, now, I've heard, heard that a number that, of times. You know, for, and that's not in the Bible. So essentially what you're saying is if it's not scriptural, it shouldn't be included in a gospel lyric. I would. Uh, yes, I will say that. I will say is that. that I, what you're saying? I really will say that because I really believe that, again, we talk about the, the, the core of what gospel is, the birth, mm-hmm. the life, the death, you know, the resurrection and the, you know, and those that believe that there is a second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that is all a part of the message of gospel. Mm-hmm. I would dare say that a lot of what is put out in the name of gospel now is really not gospel. It's just simply inspiring music. Mm. You know, it speaks well. It speaks well of life. It speaks well of relationship with God. But most of it really doesn't fulfill that criteria of what the gospel is supposed to be about. And you think you think the reason why we're not hearing songs about the blood of Jesus anymore is simply marketing and promotion? Marketing, promotion, Democratic. exposure. I would say that when... Um, let me take it out of the gospel. Yeah. And there's a delineation that you can go back to the early 90s where you can see where there was a major shift. 
And again, I say this with no disrespect to the the business acumen of the artist I'm about to mention, uh, Sean Combs, Sean Puffy Combs, Puff, Puff Daddy, Puff Daddy or, or Diddy. whatever, whatever you know, whatever name, moniker he's using these days. Yeah, what about him? Um, he changed the whole scope of what a lot of people thought music should be, because prior to that, for the most part, if you were going to be involved in the music industry, you had to write a song. Yeah, you had to understand something about playing an instrument or have a certain level of uh, vocal ability right. to really be involved in music. Yeah. He comes along and by his own uh, moniker created the remix. He just took someone else's song, well, he reworked just, a lyric here and there, well, and he made a new hit. He paid for samples. Well, and, eventually and he paid for them because you got to understand when he came into this and when a lot of the rap you know, first started out, but what uh, no one to, understood the the business end of what sampling was all about, and yeah. it, you know. So what does that have to do with Christian music and what we're talking about right uh, now? I'm saying that because we've lowered our standards of what music ought to be overall. Overall, I think I think that a lot of that has now kind of you know fallen over into. I mean, a lot of your Christian artists, like most of us, yes, they they are exposed to church. They are church members. They you know hopefully have a, developed a personal relationship with the Lord and Savior that they proclaim to speak about yeah. but then you also have to you know consider that you know like any artist of any time when uh uh edwin hawkins did oh happy day back in the 60s while in that particular case there's really no question about the the message or the content there you know oh happy day when jesus washed my sins away sure. so there was no hidden agenda in that song. no hidden agenda but there were a lot of people who had a problem with that song during that time and again the problem was because the church really didn't know how to process a song that was written for the church being played in in areas and in venues that Ex were not church. Exactly. And this is our dilemma, Terrence. Yes. This is the dilemma that we have, and I've talked with a number of artists about it. Obviously, the way you feel, it comes from your background. Exactly. You're, you're churched. Mm -hmm. You grew up in the church, did you not? Yes, all my life. Baptist, Pentecostal? Pentecostal church. Pentecostal. Yes. Staunch. So we we were very you know there was a there was a lot of strictness around us. Sure, but there are some people who just didn't grow up in the church. Understood. And um, many of the things that they hear on the radio, which we consider crossover, are quite appealing to them. Yeah, and I mean, and if that's what's wooing them unto Christ, what's wrong with it? And I would question and challenge: Is it genuinely bringing them to Christ? Hmm. Where is it genuinely. bringing them then? It might bring it might take their focus away from whatever life they are happen to be living at that moment. I see. And I'm not going to sit in judgment of anyone about that. I'm just simply saying it might. But is it genuinely bringing them to Christ? Yeah. But honestly, I mean, I'm I'm I I don't. All right, I'll put it this way: If you listen to the playlist of music I have, I have Trinity Five Seven. I have Twenty One O Three. Okay, I tell you I, what, I, I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. I own these artists. So okay, well, you know what? Not, we're going to take a break. Okay. We'll take a quick break. All right. And we're going to come back. We're going to find out what's on your iPod. All right. All right. We're going to find out. I don't out own like, an iPod. I don't, you don't own an iPod. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own an but iPod. We're going to find out what's on your playlist. All right. And then we're going to talk more about different genres of music. We're going to get you to play that keyboard over there because I, we, we've talked for a long time yet okay. and we haven't even heard any music from you. I, I know chopsticks. Do you? That, that works. That's, you know, That's I'm very, I'm very, know. I'm very limited. So, you know, it's going to be a quick. Uh, you know, like, you know, five seconds. But it's going to be good. <laughs> Thank you. Sir. With Terrence Kitchen on Music with a Mission. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God 
is for you. God is willing to God help. is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. God is good. His power to change. God is a provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God yeah. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is the husband to the widow. God is the one with your hands. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio, where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church. The Bible tells us a story in the Old Testament of a time when a city was suddenly surrounded by a problem and an enemy that was too big for them to handle. There was a young man who cried out to his master, and he said, Oh, what are we going to do? His master, who was a man of God, said, Oh, God, I pray open his eyes that he may see. The Scripture tells us that the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. He saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about them. If you could understand today the incredible resource of God that's available to you, I'm speaking to those who are struggling, those who are living in despair, those who don't know what you're going to do about tomorrow. God has your tomorrow already in his hand. If you will turn to him, if you begin to pray, he'll open your eyes and you'll see something of heaven that you've never seen before. It's time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis, and we are back having a great conversation with the veteran minister of music, keyboardist, and a pretty good guy, Terrence Kitchens. And we're just talking about music and all different genres of music, and uh, we promised that we would find out exactly what he listens to other than traditional music, uh, and we're going to find out right now. Now, you said you, you you listen to other people besides your traditional hymns. Who do you listen to? Well, I, I, I listen to it all because I don't think it would be fair of me to make a generalization well, about something. Um, I listen to Kirk Franklin. Kirk. I listen to... Uh, um, 2103, I have some stuff by them. James Fortune, okay. I know, uh, um, you know, I mean, you know, just whoever's current. Okay. I listen to it all because uh, in the music program that uh, I oversee, I've run the gamut from the, you know, the seasoned saint yeah. to the three-year-old, the four-year-old. So I have to try to develop a music program that is appealing for every range. And okay. so while I may have my own personal taste, which any of us have, I recognize that, you know, in order to be rounded and well-rounded in our, you know, representation, I have to be able to be aware of what's appealing to uh, a person that's in my uh, children's choir. Right. Those same persons as they transition into what we call our young adult choir, mm-hmm. into the adult choir, and to those uh, seasoned. I don't like to use the term se- senior. They don't no, like to understand. be called seniors. I understand. But, uh, you know, so. We- but you, too, are finding that, you know, in order to reach people where they are, you have to reach them where they are with the music that they can identify with. Exactly. But there's where it becomes the issue. And like I had referenced before about the Donald Lawrence piece, my young adult choir wanted to do the song and they were really hyped about doing the song. And again, I had no issue with the music. This is not a, you know, this is not me being generation like I just don't like that kind of beat. No, there's nothing like that. I love the song. Right. You know, from a musical content, I love it. I just have to, you know, have I have to have some kind of standard, some benchmark by which everything is measured by. And when we made that reference about, you know, the, the, the biblical inference of the song, it made me, I had to pull back from it. I had to kind of get a little reserved about whether this was a song that really should be taught. Because again, going back to what we had mentioned earlier about how some people will perceive what's sung as being pure gospel in the sense of its, you know, uh, lyrical content. So, you know, that was the kind of thing, but that doesn't, just because I happen not to, agree with that we did giants 
from the same album. You did what? Giants. There's a song on the same album called Giants. Okay. Giants do die, the bigger they are, the harder. Right. You know, and again, oh, right. The, the, we the, actually the, sing that here at Times Square Church. Exactly. So, you know, there's, you know, and the beat is, you know, I don't say com- exactly compatible, but, I, you know, I don't want this to sound like I'm trying to, like I have some personal boycott or, or, or issue with any artist. I love them all. I think that kind of really might help illuminate what I was saying before about the difference between artists of today. <clears throat> they have, they have so, uh, tunnel visioned you know the modern music yeah and have totally so dismissed the foundational music i mean it's wonderful <clears throat> that you've gotten what you've gotten but you need to know who the roberta martin singers were you need to know who the clara ward singers sure. were. you need to know who shirley caesar is and i'm not even just going to talk about the you know shirley caesar and uh, albertina walker you know you need to know and embrace that music and know the significance of that music you have to understand that i am of an age where when the Hawkins came out with Oh Happy Day, I was still a very, very young child, but right. I was alive during the time when that came out, sure. when that was considered ultra-contemporary. Yes, I understand. When the Hawkins came out with uh, Changed and, and, and those albums and, you know, the Love Alive albums and yeah. Andre Crouch came out with things, those songs by that standard of that day were considered ultra-contemporary. Right, right. Songs that we now look at and consider to be traditional. Understood. So, you know, that, that, that window. So you got to know your history. Exactly. I, Vicki Wine has made a comment on one of the award shows some years ago, and she said she doesn't know how she changed from being contemporary to traditional when she never changed her songs. <laughs> <laughs> just, time, just time moved forward, and all of a sudden, right, you know, she got moved from contemporary gospel to traditional gospel, and, you know, she said, I, I don't know. But You don't know how so, that happened. She didn't know how that happened. No. So it was just time. I, I just think that, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, right. again, I, I embrace the, 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 the modern music. I embrace the, 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 the creativity. I love when people are creative. I want, I love to see creativity. I just think that we need to uh, make sure that if we're doing it in the name of gospel, that it's that it's being done, uh, you know, from its, you know, base. That's all. Well, let's get you to do some stuff from your base, shall we? Why don't you give us a song that you started out with? I'm going to attempt to play uh, uh, an arrangement that uh, Thomas Whitfield did some years ago of an old hymn called Oh, How I Love Jesus. It's an arrangement by Thomas Whitfield, and I'm going to uh, put it out there in the beginning that I am terrible with lyrics, so if I flub a lyric, I know someone's going to be sitting there like, that ain't right. <laughs> okay, I'm letting you know well, right now. We all now have that forgiving I may, <laughs> hearts, so don't worry about I it. I may mess up a line, but count, charge it to my head, not to my heart. Understood. <laughs> oh, how I love Jesus. Okay. Terrence Kitchens on Music with a Mission. He gives not just because he lives, not just because he is, just because he loves me first. When you're feeling misunderstood, when you're not feeling just like you should, Jesus' love will comfort you, give you peace in the midst of it all. You just try him, don't deny him. all you need thank the lord 
because he lives, not just because he gives, not just because he lives, not just because he is, just because he loves me. first Jesus he loved me first Jesus oh he loved me first Jesus he loved me first Jesus very nice Terrence Kitchens. Oh, how I love Jesus. Nice arrangement. Uh, like I said, Thomas Whitfield, uh, for my era and for people that grew up along with me, he was one of those innovators that was beginning to bring the sounds of gospel, the the, 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 the musical content, into a different era than what we had really been used to. It's so interesting. Uh, Greg Thomas, who you know is a good friend of yours, yes. and the director of the music ministry here at Times Square Church, as well as the producer of this podcast, he plays a lot like you. And then we just had Scott Cumberbatch, who was on. Uh, he's from Patterson as well, that, That's that right. whole area. I don't know, what style would you call that? I think that, uh, at least in my own case, it was a mixture of what I heard locally from uh, other uh, musicians that, you know, were around of my era that were, you know, preceding me. Okay. Uh, in my own home church, there was a young lady named Deborah Burgess who was just a phenomenal uh, musician. Not, right. No formal training, but just had that, you know, gift from God. You yeah, know, it that seems just all, all, all the best musicians never have formal training. Yeah, it, seems, it seems like that. And strange? then there was another church that we were very uh, in close fellowship with, uh, there was a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Raymond Hagens, okay. who was a musician there. Then there were other people like uh, um, Lloyd Reese, uh, who in the early 70s, late 60s, had a group, the Lloyd Reese Singers, and they had a couple of songs that were popular. Uh, another gentleman that a lot of people forget about that was also a, a part of the Patterson scene was a guy named William Hardy. Okay. Now, anybody that remembers some years ago, there was a, a Broadway production called Your Arms Too Short to Box With God. Yeah, I do remember uh, that. William Hardy was one of the principals in that production no here on Broadway, in New York City on Broadway. He played the role of the preacher, and he sang this song called There's a Stranger in Town. And So there, there was a, a lot of music that was uh, that we were influenced with. A lot of those artists were people that had migrated into Patterson from the South, mm-hmm. South Carolina, mm-hmm. North Carolina, Alabama. Interesting. So, there, you know, there was just a lot of different musical styles that just kind of met in that place. Now, um, you're a minister of music now at? Mount Olive Baptist Church in Hackensack, New okay. Jersey. Okay. And that uh, is, is that a traditional church, too? It is a, it's, it's a growing church in the sense of its its position. I think it started out being a very traditional type of Baptist church. Now it's more progressive. And it's moving into a more progressive way now. Nice. Uh, I'd like to say I had a little hand I in that. I was going to say, uh, you probably had a, something uh, to do with you know, that. <laughs> I, I show up on Sundays and I'm just glad to be there. And they're yeah. a very lovely uh, group of people there. Could uh, you bless us with another song? What do you want to hear, sir? Because that was so good. That was really, really good. Why don't you give us something a little bit progressive? All right. Uh, let's see. Since I've been talking about him, let me uh, do something from Donald. <laughs> Donald Lawrence? Yeah, I don't, I, again, I don't want it to be perceived that I don't uh, appreciate his uh, his music. I really am. I've been a fan of Donald 
Uh, I go back to the first album he did with the Tri-City Singers, which was, uh, was, was that, called, that was Bible Stories. Right? No, that was the second one. The first one was something called A, po- a Songwriter's Point of View. Okay. Uh, and there was a song on there he did called uh, Encourage uh, My Soul. Uh, he did Shut the Door on there. If you are familiar with his project, the finale that he did with the Tri-City Singers. Yes. If you listen to some of the things that were in the medleys of songs that were in those uh, uh, in that project, yeah, he kind of referenced some of of those albums in there. But the songwriter's no point of view was he had, uh, believe it or not, because Donald, a lot of people don't know, he was a music director prior to like making this stand in gospel. He was music director for Stephanie Mills and uh, Peebo Bryson. Wow! And they actually are guest artist on, on that, that first on that first album. No so, kidding. Uh, you know, and you you've worked with uh, Daryl Coley too, who was on uh, who was on sec- who was on Donald Lawrence's second project. Exactly, and you know, again, it was one of those situations where I was part of a house band that you know. So, but I did have the opportunity to play. Oh, you're for so it. modest. You're so modest. Well, you know, I, I don't I don't want people to get the impression that these people necessarily know me by name. Uh, yeah, but, no, you know, I understand. Yeah. But you were there, and, and you took part. You were you were a part of yeah. it. And then you know, in more recent years, uh, my involvement with the McDonald's Gospel Fest. Uh, that's, you know, the longest running gospel program in the nation. Oh, you know, it's a cheap plug there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've had the opportunity to, uh, work with, uh, Patty LaBelle. I've had the opportunity to work with Aretha Franklin. I've had the opportunity to work with Richard Smallwood nice. and, you know, and, and many others. And again, you know, the, through that, uh, venue of being in that particular role as a music director for the project mm-hmm. and for the uh, the, the the show that, you know, gave me those opportunities to work with these artists. And- okay, and we're going to hear a song from Donald Lawrence, and this is called Encourage Yourself by Terrence Kitchens on Music with a Mission. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself sometimes you have to speak victory during the test no matter how you feel speak the words and you will be healed Speak over yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord. Oh, sometimes you have to speak a word over yourself. Depression's got you down. But God is present help when the enemy created walls. But remember, giants, they do fall. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Oh, as I may. Minister to you, oh, I minister to myself. Life has its problems, but remember, God is present. Hell. Oh, no matter how you 
Speak the word and you will be healed. Speak over yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Oh, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Terrence Kitchens, it has been great having you on Music with a Mission. It's been an honor to be here. Yeah, just getting your views and uh, talking with a veteran musician about uh, gospel music then and now. Yes, sir. And I uh, really appreciate it. Can we get you to come back on? Absolutely. Just give me a call. And I'm, I'm just right across the bridge. Okay. Take and we're going to take you up on that. You I'll, know that. And I'll be here. Okay. Okay. Now that I know how to get here, I'm good. Okay. okay. <laughs> Terrence Kitchens, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Take joy, my king, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. By the way, we do want to hear what you think about Music with a Mission. We want your tips, hints, questions, and suggestions. Email your comments to music at timesquarechurch.org, or check out TSC Music on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, visit the website, www.tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, and special administrative assistance from Maggie Diaz. Remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Derek Davis. Join us next time on Music with a Mission.